My name is Hannes Mühleisen. I'm the co-creator of DuckTV and I'm also the co-founder and CEO of DuckTV Labs. Uh, and I take my coffee black. Uh, I'm, I'm Jordan Tigani. I'm the co-founder and chief duck herder at, uh, at Mother Duck. And I destroyed my taste buds drinking really terrible coffee when I worked at, at Microsoft. So I, I will basically drink uh, any, any kind of coffee, even if it's been sitting around for, for hours. What's up, folks? My name is Demetrios, and you're listening to the MLOps Community Podcast. And before we jump into the podcast today, I have a few musings of my own that I want to get into. I love mango. I just absolutely devour mangoes. And whenever I get a good, ripe mango, or whenever I'm in a place that has mangoes, I am like a kid in a candy store. Oof, they're delicious. But I have one thing that I'm realizing as I get older, I do not like about mangoes. And maybe you all can relate, or maybe you're just not old enough and you can't relate. What's the deal when you're eating the mangoes and the shit gets stuck in your teeth? Man, I feel like I'm going to be one of those old men that has a toothpick and is constantly picking at my teeth because I eat too many damn mangoes and the fibers get stuck in my teeth. Ah, but... I'll be damned if I ever stop eating mangoes because of these fibers. So, today we talk to the founder of DuckDB, the creator of DuckDB, Hannes, and the founder of Mother Duck. Wow. What a conversation. I absolutely enjoyed every second of this because we broke down what the relationship is between Mother Duck and Jordan got real technical on why he feels like this is a potential model that others can take and what the advantages of or ha- the advantages of having a setup like this are and he also broke down what his main goals are when it comes to creating mother duck and then Hannes went into what his focuses are as creating the open source project DuckDB. And then we went, of course, we explained what DuckDB is, why it's been garnering so much attention recently. And if you have not heard about the project, I think you're really going to like this because the TLDR of DuckDB is it's an open source, very fast, very developer-friendly database. And that's about all you need to know. Go get your hands on it, play with it. Honest, talk to us about creating a database that gives a developer a magical experience. And he talked about how he tries to focus on that end developer's experience and what he felt make, made him be able to do it much more than other projects. And I loved his rationale. And really, it comes down to this. Just care. Care about those experiences care about your end user, have that empathy, and make it not suck. Paraphrasing his words. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Jordan and Hannes. And wow, I know I loved it. See you on the other side. All right, fellas. So here's the truth. I took a mushroom blend of like seven different kinds of mushrooms that are supposed to make me smart tur and i did it just so i can keep up with you all in this conversation today it's great to have you both here uh there's no need for mushrooms but thank you very much yes <laughs> yeah that sounds like uh it sounds that's something like i have to try yeah I, it is <laughs> definitely not, not legal. legal yeah well i live in holland so <laughs> exactly not for honest huh Uh, yeah everyone that has been listening to this show for a while probably has heard me talk about the swag that we created for all of our llms in production conferences which is just a shirt that says i hallucinate more than chat gpt and i created that and then i didn't ever wear it. I was just sending it to people and uh, saying like, yeah, use it. It's great, blah, blah, blah. And then I got myself one and I started wearing it. And then I started realizing it definitely attracts attention. <laughs> what kind of attention? 
Yeah. <laughs> for the people who know, they laugh. For other people, it's like, why are you like advertising that you you hallucinate? Yeah, did right? you get That's... some calls from law enforcement or something like yes. that? No. Yeah, I just tell them that I am part of the medical studies that are happening these days. So it's all sanctioned, right? And that's what being a founder is all about is you hallucinate the future and you, you know, you help, you know, usher it into existence. (laughs) That's it. That is it. That's my, that's the story that I am going to stick with from now on. It's just, I'm hallucinating the better future for us all to live and play in. And you will thank me in a few years. I mean, the Greeks had this thing, right? Where in Delphi, they, you know, they got, they got this, these people quite high and then they were hallucinating about the future. So, I mean, as in there's like a lot of sort of track record on that. And that's where a famous, famous database company got their name. Oh yeah. The Oracle. No. (laughs) The Oracle Delphi. Oh, that's, that's so true. I put, I'm putting two to two together now. Yeah. It makes complete sense. So. Anyway, fellas, I'm insanely happy that we are getting to do this. I feel honored that you're both on a call at the same time. And I know there are a ton of people that are diehard fans of DuckDB and Mother Duck. And I have to show, I can't. So for those that are not watching the video, I am lifting up my shirt right now and showing. <laughs> I have my DuckDB swag on from the launch party, and I, I think I told I've you, got, Jordan. I've got a DuckDB shirt on as well. Maybe uh, you give the original original DuckDB logo. Yeah, <laughs> that's the yeah, that's the collector's item. Honest feels a honest, little left out. Honest, you don't have to strip. <laughs> yeah, hang on. I have I have uh, I have uh, I have some stuff here. It's like uh, <laughs> I have a I have a mother duck. Hawaii mm. shirt here, so hey. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that's another good one that I saw people rocking, and I would I would love those. I do use my DuckDB mug that I got from that same party every morning for my coffee because it holds the most coffee out of all my mugs. And I imagine the people that are listening are probably like, "What's all the fuss about this DuckDB mother duck thing?" If they are not familiar. I would love to go through basically the story of first maybe DuckDB, the creation of DuckDB, and then and the why behind it. And then Mother Duck, the creation and the insane amount of traction that has come off the back of that. And what the inter what the relation looks like between the two and how that works before we dig into the actual tech of it all. And so Hannes, I guess this is where you get to jump in and tell us. Yes. Uh, well, uh, yes, thank you. I like to compare this to this uh, story in The Matrix where uh, somebody tells Neo that he's always felt there was something wrong with the world, um, but he couldn't really put his finger on it. And that's a bit where, you know, where this whole thing started. We were teaching courses for people to use like big data systems. And it, it was it was a very, very bad experience. It didn't really work. And at first, you know, you, you don't really actively question this but I've, I've, for a couple of years it was like maybe there's something like wrong and maybe we can do something differently and that's kind of how we got the first ideas to make DuckDB which was this totally ridiculous departure from the common prevailing wisdom at the time where everybody was says like oh you need to be scale out otherwise like, we were doing research people were laughing at us like if it doesn't scale out it's not it's worthless right and then DuckDB came um, around and you know, we thought, okay, we are, this is a pretty wild story. Uh, nobody, like, but it was the hill we were kind of willing to die on. And uh, so we were, we were kind of building our, our system that was like, like really like proudly, proudly single node and proudly like in process. So we can talk about what that means later. But, but we thought, okay, we are just going to be happy with being the weirdos to the rest of time. And then well, this crazy thing happened because this very respectable gentleman from America uh, Jordan turned up and said, "No, I think you're actually right. <laughs> that was like, something there. Yeah, there's you may be onto something with this, with this sort of like going small. And that for me, this was a total shock when I when I first heard this. So uh, that was really fun and respectable. I think it's probably a good point to mention your background, Jordan, and why you are respectable. <laughs> yeah, I, I, 
respectful isn't respectable isn't necessarily something I I aim for, but uh, <laughs> alas, I've I've ended up here. But no, I I worked on databases for for a while. I kind of or I snuck into them, I guess, as a as a as a big data person. And we can maybe talk about big data a little bit uh, a little bit later. But uh, helped start Google BigQuery. Um, worked on that for ten years. Um, uh, and then I worked at single store for a couple of years. Um, and, um, so was very into, into databases, databases, a service distributed databases. Um, and I remember somebody, somebody saying like, you know, oh, if you're not distributed, like people will laugh at you. And I'm like, but, but why is that? Because, you know, there actually were, um, you know, in single store, you know, a lot of actually users who were, you know, scaling them up and scaling them up and doing really well. Uh, and then we also had a bunch of customers that wanted to scale down and like, and scale down with a lot of these big distributed systems is really hard because there are just so many components and so many, so many moving pieces. Uh, and then I, you know, I encountered, uh, encountered DuckDB. I think somebody was doing some performance comparisons. I'm like, wow, where did this come from? And, uh, I started doing some, some, some research into it and, and, and realized that like, you know, these people have something really, really interesting and, um, and that, you know, you can, you can scale up and they, they have a whole, you know, actual research behind, behind what they were doing. And they could do a lot of things that, you know, customers that I'd seen before wanted to do. Uh, and that, you know, there's a lot of databases out there, a lot of database projects. And I think that the, the one that, um, made me realize that this was real was actually they had a blog post on on time zones and I, I remember in BigQuery it took us like five years to add you know sort of proper time zone support because like it was like it's just so hard like there's just so many ugly nasty details and like mm. and it just breaks your brain it's like it's like if you have a limited size team like why would you why would you spend time on this but it's like the fact that they had spent the time on this to do it actually right um meant that like they're not just sort of fooling around in this sort of academic research prototype. They actually want to build a real database. Uh, and then, you know, that's sort of one of the triggers that, uh, that, that let me know that like, Hey, this is something that I, you know, it would be good to sort of hitch my, hitch my wagon to. Yeah. The time zones made you realize it was legit. That is awesome. That's such a good story. So then honestly, like going back to the inception was your why of creating it, something that you're, you're teaching classes, you're realizing that the experience, the developer experience is quite painful and overkill, I guess, is kind of the word. And you said, we don't necessarily need, was it trying to counter the narrative of, we don't need this big data all the time, we can go smaller or did that come later? How did that play out? Um, I think, I think at a time, you know, we didn't really have a really, uh, let's say, straight story, despite being researchers and supposedly being very sort of brainy all the time. Uh, as I said, it was more like a feeling that that maybe it wasn't really necessary. But um, I think the from just also just talking to you know practitioners, uh, we, we kind of realized, oh, maybe maybe these petabyte sort of data sets are actually quite rare, um, and the people's real problems are like some. You know, some some couple of hundred megabytes of CSV files, and there's absolutely nothing out there uh, in terms of software that 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 can support that. So we, uh, yeah, it was it was really like based on a need, which is very uncommon for research, right? Like normally people love to do research into thin air and just dream up a challenge, and it's making me very angry. Um, but uh, but I I don't I don't want I don't want to live like that, especially not if you're like funded by taxpayers I feel like you somehow are sort of indebted to them and need to solve some of their problems at least um so uh so we we thought okay let's let's try to fix the data problems for the people that we have spoken to which is as simple as that right um it's it wasn't it wasn't trying to you know make make a whole you know Movement. As we say in German, to open a big barrel, you know, we didn't, yeah. we didn't try to open a big barrel, but just to try to just like fix a problem that we perceived in the world. Yeah. Um, and I think another thing that it was different was that we also, from being from the research world, we were kind of sick and tired of people making these uh, throwaway research prototypes when they were making software, right? Um, so when we started Duck to be, we were like, okay, you know what? 
let's try to do this properly. Uh, of course, oh, as, as to the best of our knowledge, but it, it's also a bit of a departure. I think it's one of the reasons why we don't have to constantly, you know, fix fix sort of horrible issues from the past because we said back then, no, we want this to be actually used by people. Yeah. And what were some of these architecture design decisions that you made early on that you felt like were against the grain and you're still happy about making them to this day? Yeah. Uh, so I think this whole, the whole single note thing is still something I'm very happy with. Um, that was not obvious in 2018. Today, I think it's 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 clearer than it was back then. Um, Can you explain what the single node is? Single node means uh, single node is that like you have a, a, a like a data system that um, runs on one computer. Okay, it can be a big computer, but it's one computer. It's not uh, you know a collection of many computers like you know what what was the prevailing wisdom at the time. So it's single node. It's unapologetic single node. Uh, and uh, the other thing is the in-process architecture of ActiveB, right? Where instead of you know you talking to your data management system through some sort of socket protocol, which is like everyone else does this, we said no, we're gonna make our lives even harder and try to run inside other people's processes because that has giant advantages for like data transfer because you can sort of have super efficient interaction with like application programs, third-party libraries, these kind of things. So, so I think those are two things that that we sort of we picked, and I'm still quite glad with. Other things may have changed down, like in the last five years, but but nothing. I think fundamentally, the fundamental sort of idea is still the same. Yeah, and I guess to put a time frame on this too, that would be useful. The project started in what year? It feels like what 2018. That 2018 is the yeah. first commit. Yeah, obviously that that. Uh, and then Jordan came and rang you up in what 2020 or 2019? No, it was later. I no, think. just last year. It was April, April of last year. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. A lot has a lot has happened since then. Yeah, I'll say you guys have been busy, man. Yeah, at that point, DuckDB. You know, I think people were just starting to hear of DuckDB, and it was kind of it was still a little bit under the radar. Um, kind of if you follow like the DB Engines ranking, which is sort of like the, I don't know the like. Premier League tables, uh, you know, league tables for uh, uh, for database nerds. Uh, I think they were down at like 270, and they sort of have been rocketing up the uh, the list since since then. Um, and uh, so yeah, it was a little bit a little bit under the radar, but just sort of just kind of coming onto its own. People were starting to talk about you know, hey, there's this great amazing database, and um, and talking about it with you know the kind of effusive praise that you know people don't usually talk about data management systems. Um, they don't usually talk about technical things at all that way. Uh, so, you know, you, you could tell that they were, they were on to, they were on to something. Yeah. You know, there's something special. That's true. When I, I think that's how DuckDB got, came onto my radar is that fanatical or yeah. Uh, how, how can I say this? It's, it's not fanatical. It's more, uh, the, absolute love in which people talk about duck tv is incredible because just as you said jordan it's not that often you hear people talk about technology that way if anything technology has to live up to a very high standard and as soon as it does one thing wrong it's like ah oh, this is a piece of shit <laughs> but i started seeing a lot of people posting things and then i think one of the uh, I guess we could call it marketing ploys that I latched onto. And I was like, whoa, this is a really easy way to understand what you're trying to do is the idea of big data is dead. So I don't know who, which one of you, w which camp did this, if it was the DuckDB camp or the Mother Duck camp, but that made everything so clear for me in whatever, four words, you know? So that was, I mean, that was, uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call it a marketing ploy, but it was certainly like, you know, kind of the culmination of, of a lot of experience in databases and, and maybe it was a, a little bit over, you know, overly, uh, overly done, but, you know, basically to make a point, because I think that we just sort of have been in this, this big data era, uh, for a long time and everyone just sort of assuming that everyone has big data. And there's just a lot of people that we talked to who were like, 
who, you know, they, they have, you know, reasonable size data that, you know, is a few gigabytes and maybe tens of gigabytes or even hundreds of gigabytes. But that's, that's not, that's not really big data anymore. And people kind of felt, um, almost like they weren't real data engineers if they weren't, you know, operating on these huge systems. And I, I think that kind of big data is dead, at least gave them like a, um, you know, justification of like, yeah, you're, you know, you're, you're valid. Uh, your, your, your experiences are valid too. And it sort of comes from, you know, working on BigQuery for a long time, you know, big query, you'd think people had big data and big workloads, but, um, you know, really looking at what people were doing is most people had, you know, actually very small amounts of data, even really big customers and really big names. Uh, you know, most of the work that they would be do doing is, isn't over like their giant logs tables. It's over some sort of summarization, cleaned up version of the data. When you clean up the data, you like, you, you make it, you make it smaller. And, you know, virtually all of our, you know, of our queries were, you know, almost all of them, probably 99.999% were sub terabyte, um, you know, 90% were sub hundred megabytes. And so like, um, you know, kind of trying to get the idea out there. I was trying to get the idea out there that, you know, Hey, most people don't have big, big data. And this is sort of something that I'd seen in the real world. And I think since then people have been sort of backing that up and validating, validating that, um, and the people that do have big data, uh, they tend to only use smaller portions of it at a time. Like, you know, you have sort of the hot, the hot data, you might have like 10 years worth of logs, but you're really looking at the last seven days or the last one day. Yeah. of, uh, of, of data, or you are, you know, working on some sort of cleaned up, cleaned up version of that. And so, you know, people would always talk about kind of the size of their data warehouse. And when they would talk about the size, they would generally talk about the, you know, the terabytes or the 10 terabytes of logs that they had. But like, that's actually not all that useful when you have separation of storage and compute, because like you're, you know, you basically everything's being stored on S3 you know, you, okay, you can dump a whole ton of crap into S3, but the really important part is like how much are you, how much of that are you actually using? And so systems have been designed for the last decade, uh, A, to, to deal with like that whole multi-terabyte size, which is sort of no longer, no longer relevant. And, um, and B, they were designed in an era where like a, a machine that had a few gigs of RAM was considered really huge. Yeah. And, um, and nowadays, like, you know, if, if you look, you know, if you look at your EC2 instances, you know, very often, like, you know, your VM, you know, maybe it's only, you know, 16, 16 gigs, but those are running on a physical machine that are actually quite large. You know, many of them have terabytes of Ram and, um, you know, and hundreds of, and hundreds of processors. So, um, there's really not a whole lot of workloads that won't fit on, you know, on those, on those machines. And so like kind of just the, the design that we've been building systems around, um, I think has, is not as relevant, um, to kind of the sizes and shapes of, of data and, and data workloads. Um, and yeah, sort of getting back to, you know, Hannes's, you know, you know, uh, point about, you know, about single node and scaling up is like, yeah, single node is, you know, single node can, you know, can work and, and, uh, and can be just so much simpler and so much faster. Um, because just remembering from the BigQuery days, like a lot of the work that we did, you know, a lot of the difficulty was on sort of dealing with this complex distributed system. And at single store was the same way, sort of like, how do we do like this distributed, distributed two-phase commit? Like that's a really hard problem. Um, in, uh, in a single node, like a lot of these, a lot of these problems just get so much, so much easier. And that means you can move fast. And I think, you know, we've seen kind of. DuckDB, which was awesome in April of last year versus DuckDB now is like incredible. Like the fact that they keep getting better at all these benchmarks and adding more features and, and innovating in, in SQL dialect and all of these things that they wouldn't have been able to do if they had, you know, been chasing this sort of complex distributed distributed system problem. I like this because it, it really shows that ease of use is both for the developers are and the user so the user developers and the developers of the system and so it has that basically the double whammy so you can enjoy it from both sides whether you're building the actual database or you're a consumer of that database 
you get that ease of use. And I, I also want to highlight something else that you said, Jordan, which is around the big data is dead type thing and how many people probably felt that they needed to over-engineer or at least that was the consensus, right? Like you're saying, if you're not doing this, if you're not setting up for scale, then what are you doing? Do you even call yourself a, an actual engineer? And then at the end of the day, you realize, you know what? Nine times out of 10, I don't need it. Even if I have the data, I'm not using it and I don't need it. And nobody else does either, by the way. Like my data scientists, they don't need that data either. They only care about the freshest features that are in the last hour, let alone the last like month. And so speaking about that, it shows how, uh, again, it just goes to, you were able to hit a nerve and it almost feels like there was a lot of people that were in the dark about something or they felt a certain way and there was a lot of pent up demand there. And then you gave a voice to that and everybody's like, yeah, this is what I've been feeling for this whole time. Of course, like that makes so much sense. And so kudos to you for actually like naming it and letting uh, a whole movement rally around it. I do want to talk a little bit like staying on this, Jordan, on the creation of Mother Duck and then what that story was like, because I, I understand you reached out to Hannes. You're like, hey, this is cool. I want to do stuff with it. How does that work? Or did you just start committing? And then after a few commits, you were like, wait a minute, I need to like talk to Hannes and do more. So my plan was to like, um, I was, you know, was was to hack on something and like somebody really should build a serverless, you know, DuckDB, a cloud, cloud DuckDB. Uh, and then I'm like, hey, well, I've worked on, you know, help build two, you know, cloud databases as a service, you know, maybe that should be me. And I'm like, so maybe I'll just, I was, you know, hack on this for a little while. I get about three days into it and um, uh, I'm like, you know, I should really kind of reach out to the DuckDB folks and see if they'll hire me. Um, and, uh, and so I, uh, I got an introduction to, uh, to Hannes and Mark. And I remember I talked to them on like a Monday, a Monday morning and like, it's like, you know, trying to feel them out like, Hey, you know, you guys, you know, thinking about doing something in the cloud, like I'd love to work on that. And like, and they were like, no, we're really not going to not, don't want to do that, but, um, we'd love to partner with somebody, you know, who would, who would do that. And like, you know, seems like you have a reasonable background and might be might, this might, you know, this might work. Um, you know, that same afternoon I talked to, um, cause the person who had introduced us was Lloyd Tab, the founder of Looker. Um, and he'd been a bit of a mentor to me and I kind of had, had known him really well. Cause he was, he was the one, one of the few people that really got BigQuery and what was possible with BigQuery from an early, from an early, uh, early stage. And, um, and so he introduced me to Hannes and he said, you should also talk to my friend, uh, Tom who invested in Looker and, um, you know, Tom was Tom Tungas from, uh, he was in, then he was at Redpoint. Now he has his own, his hung out his own shingle, uh, as a, as a VC. And so I talked to him in the afternoon and I really had nothing written down and just sort of this vague ideas and vague plans that I talked to him for about 15 minutes. And he's like, yeah, this is a good idea. I want to fund it. Come to my partner meeting next week. And so I was like, went from like, Hey, maybe I should hack on this thing to, you know, you I've know, got I was funding just wanting to partner. Hannes and Mark wanting to partner and like a VC wanting to, wanting to back this. And, um, it just sort of all of a sudden accelerated in extraordinarily rapidly from, from there and a bunch of people kind of came out of the woodwork and like say, Hey, I'd love to work on this with you. It's like really incredible people. And then I think we, you know, we came up with like sort of an interesting way of partnering with the, with the DuckTB team, which I think has also been, um, a superpower for us, uh, in, uh, in getting started. So before we talk about the partnership and how that looks, because I, I know for me, it was very confusing in the beginning. I thought it was just the managed DuckDB. Uh, Hannes, do you yeah. remember that story? And yeah, yeah, what I, was I it do. like for you when that I mean, happened? I mean, uh, I, I know the Americans are crazy, but I didn't think they would be that crazy. <laughs> um, so uh, like we talk, as Jordan said, we know we talk on the phone and we are like, yeah, no, this sounds great. Like we totally can talk about that more. And then he gets like in a plane the next day or something like that and comes out here to to Amsterdam where we're at uh, and uh, just to talk nice. things. And and uh, uh, that was just, uh, at the time we were like, but what, what's going on here? And 
and we had already been a bit burned by by like VCs essentially like a lot of interest from VCs that wanted to fund this and they were all like yeah you need to make a service um, but we didn't really want to because we know some people that did databases and service really well and I said like look this is really a separate thing and you really need to know what you're getting into so we thought maybe we can find some you know competent person a uh, respectable person um, not at all a crazy person that that uh, that wants that wants to do this and then you know Jordan just shows up you know and, and it was it was it was really wild uh, I have to say uh, but we you know we got along and so so it was uh, uh, it was it was it was it was a big success uh, I'm, I'm still I'm very grateful for that uh, match perfectly man yeah wow. and what a what a story Jordan going from trying to get a job to having funding secured all in the same day and then feeling like, all right, tomorrow I'm going to Amsterdam. It was pretty much like that. It was actually crazier than that, but like, <laughs> I, I need to probably write a, write a book or something at some point. Yeah. Like, I think it, it, if this works out, it'll be an interesting book. If it doesn't work out, it'll be sort of like, uh, you know, what can go wrong? Uh, <laughs> yeah, the memoirs, man. This is all, yeah, make sure you're taking notes and keeping it for later because that is an awesome book that I'm sure many would love to read. Now, let's get into the partnership and how it looks because I was under the impression, basically, I heard of DuckDB, and then next thing I know, it's like, oh yeah, Mother Duck, they came out of stealth, and they've got this cool product, and then they've got funding, and so that was what I heard, and I immediately assumed, okay, DuckDB is the open source, and then Mother Duck is the managed service on top of that, like the managed database, but it... I think there's a lot of nuances and differences and also inspiration in the ways that you both work together and the partnership works. Yeah. I mean, it's what it's true. The the, the, the impression is true that DuckTV is the open source part and MotherDuck is a managed service. That is fair. That's correct. Uh, but I think what is different uh, is that it's two different companies that are basically doing these two things and uh, they're, you know, they're very clear with very clear sort of goals and different staff, different leadership, all that stuff. So, uh, yeah. And it does. Uh, so there, there's so many questions that come to mind because <laughs> it is for you, honest, right? Like you're probably just trying to figure out how to make a better database and then you don't care about shareholder value or the VC money that got dumped into Jordan's startup. None of nah. that really matters to you. So it feels like at some points there could potentially be disaligned incentives or you could want to go two different ways. Have you hit that yet or is it still too early and you haven't had that problem? I uh, don't think we have hit this problem yet. Um, I, I think I think just to, to call making database something like it's just making a database, I think it's, an, it's a big insult to me. Like <laughs> making database is the end all to everything. Uh, but uh, especially I knew you were German when you were like, I just want to optimize the shit out of this database. <laughs> uh, well, well, we haven't optimized the shit out of it yet. In a big departure from being German, we have actually looked at making the user experience good. So this is a very, diff very, very non-German sort of activity. Um, but uh, uh, no, I think I think the the relationship is absolutely special. I think that's that's I haven't heard it a lot. Uh, we we didn't want to go for VCs just to keep because we want to really focus on you know, making something that as many sort of people can use as possible, right? And then sometimes there's a bit of a conflict there with um, the product strategy of a company, let's say, right? I mean, we've seen this time and again. There's an open source sort of project. They add a feature and they later have to drop it again because, you know, their investors say you can't and you have to increase revenue and then you better take this feature out and then everybody screams at them. I mean, that's this is very unfortunate. We'll, and And... You know, by having two different companies, we kind of, I think, elegantly sized up this problem. Hey, this is Mike Daldalso, co-founder and CEO of Tecton. Uh, MLOps community is the best way to stay in the loop on the latest MLOps news and best practices. It's also a great way to connect with experts and get support from an amazingly helpful community. Subscribe and stay in the loop. Yeah, there seems to be like um, this pattern of people that are building companies based on open source products that um, that really like the way they get funding is adoption of the open source product, and so they focus only on on the development of the of whatever that product is, and you know getting it out into as many as many people's people's hands as possible. 
And then people ask, well, how are you going to monetize? And they say, well, we're going to monetize via a service. We'll have SaaS. And then they like have like two people working on that and kind of in the background, but it's not really like their goal is to build something, something amazing. Cause that's really how they get, how they get the funding. That's how they get the, you know, the, the, the product led growth adoption, et cetera. Yep. Um, but the problem about that is that that really underfeeds the, the databases or the, the, the service part, uh, you know, whether it's a database or something or something else. And so they really don't focus on innovating in terms of like delivery of the service, how that service works making something amazing and different and differentiated. Uh, and then also that that ends up leading to something that like AWS can just clone because like you have this great open source thing and then, okay, you have this sort of like half-assed uh, service and, yeah. and Amazon can be like, okay, well, I can run this service better than you can. And meanwhile, they're eating eating your lunch. And, and so we wanted to sort of take it from the other direction is be like, okay, the DuckDB team, the DuckDB Labs team is going to build an extraordinary database and that's going to be their focus. That's what they want to do. And that's, that's, that's wonderful. We're going to build uh, an awesome differentiated, um, innovative database as a service. And we think we're doing a bunch of really cool things with like the hybrid execution and kind of how we're doing auto scaling and individual, you know, uh, DuckDB backends. I'm happy to, happy to talk through like some, some of those things. Yes. Um, and then, you know, then the, 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 the key thing is like, you got to have a way to kind of tie yourselves together, uh, at least loosely. Uh, and so when we started, uh, one of the things that we really wanted to make sure that we did was, was, uh, was not just say, Hey, you have awesome open source technology. Thank you. We're going to take that and make a bunch of, try to make a bunch of money out of it. Um, you know, we did, you know, uh, want to include them. We gave them a co-founder share. We have like a, uh, a development relationship with them that that does make it you know make it so that if things work out for us it works out if they it works out for them but they're also free to go and and build things how they how they they believe is the right is the right way to uh to build the database and i think this 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 relationship that you know i think you know, if this works out uh it'll be seen as like hey this is a good way to do kind of open source open source development uh, and if it doesn't work out, it'll be like a cautionary tale. Um, and, uh, you know, cause people have warned, you know, as you, as you mentioned that, you know, the, the relationship is going to be, is going to be hard as, you know, incentives, incentives diverge. Um, you know, if, uh, you know, people who are building competitive things, um, you know, pick up on DuckTB, you know, uh, the DuckTB team is going to be super excited about that. And meanwhile, we're going to be like, Hey, they're eating our lunch. Uh, and not as, and not nearly as excited about it. And I think that's something we just have to, you know, it's a bridge we'll have to cross when we, when we get to it. And we want to just focus on, you know, building a high trust, high trust relationship that, you know, we hope will take, take us as, as, uh, as, as far as possible. So I do want to get into all the features and like the differentiators. And when you see people using DuckDB, versus when you see people using mother duck and what the use cases and benefits are for each of those but before we get into that i'd love to just talk about building an incredible developer experience because it's going back to this idea of there's been a bit of a movement and there's people don't usually talk about technology the way they talk about DuckDB. And Hannes, you're like, we haven't even started we, with the optimization. We've just been focused on the developer experience. Both of you, yeah. I imagine, have that in the, like, I don't know if you have it written on your wall or if it's framed. What does this look like? And how do you optimize for that? How do you go about building that? Is it that you're in 90% uh user meetings versus actually 10% developing the product meetings or like break it down so that <laughs> the rest of us, when we are building out, maybe it's, we're building out our internal machine learning platform. We can have these experiences that people come to us and say, whoa, this was a cool developer experience. So I, I do not sit in a lot of meetings, uh, with, with didn't users, strike me as a type, but I, uh, I had that. no. No, I think I think it's 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 there maybe there's an aspect that we actually care about. I mean, we actually care about data management systems, and we want to we want to not, um, you know, make make it difficult to use these things because we feel like 
uh, this would uh, this would really really hinder their adoption, and uh, that would mean would means that our impact is is not as big as it could be with the work that we do. Like it's, it, I think it harks a bit back from sort of first principles about what you want to do as a as a scientist uh, that we kind of started out as. Uh, it's like you wanna you wanna make you know we have you have your ideas sort of be adopted in the world and how do you do that? Well, you you make make it make it not you know make it not suck. I don't know. It's it's very it's very it's very um easy to grasp. Yeah, it's it's, it's simple concept. You you know you you ask yourself is this really the best it can be and is it is it like can we change this to be better? Can we like for example, DuckDB has no external dependencies, right? We just, just, just you can just install it as if you want. You can just compile it with just a compiler, okay? Um, and what that that is annoying, you know, for us because we have to, you know, we can't just like pull in like some library when we do something. We have to be like, no, okay, can we maybe inline some part of this code? Can we maybe do it ourselves? Maybe can you know trick the operating system into doing something? Um, but the the upside is that it it, it it sucks less to to work with DuckDB um, because it means that you can just install it and you don't have to ask your admin and you just can just run down on the binary from the internet. By the way, um, ask your parents about downloading binaries from the internet. But it's 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 just simple and and I think I think we really love like data management systems as as as, as a piece of technology and it, it's really hurting my feelings to see things like Oracle being or other big database companies, I don't want to single them out, but being being these things, being incredibly hard to use, being incredibly clunky, being like this, like the you know the mummies of the 70s are looking at you when you stare into their command line interface or SQL dialects. It's just like, this is, if you care about this, it's really hard to see. And it's not like, I think it's also like there's this, this, is much, this step where data management systems have like been around for a while. They're an incredible piece of technology, but they they have aged a bit and nobody has really been able to reimagine them without throwing a, away a bunch of other stuff in the process, which, you know, like may have gotten a bit over the edge. And we kind of, we, in some sense, DuckTV is an incredible, incredibly traditional system. Like it has a SQL interface. Wow. It deals with tables. Like, wow. It doesn't do like graph or stream or whatever. It's bulk processing. No, you run the query on the data. That's it. But at the same time, uh, it's also the case that this is still the biggest use case for data management systems and analytics. So, so targeting that was, was a really great idea. But then you just take the just take the pain away. I don't, I don't, it's, it's hard to describe for me, but but it's it's as it's really I care deeply about how how people perceive the things I love. You know what I mean? There's a. I, I, there's also an interesting thing about the perfectionism, like that uh, I, I I find pretty amazing is. Is you know DuckDB is is super fast and on all these benchmarks, is DuckDB is like is has been kicking butt. Um, but the like the 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 performance is almost the exhaust you know of like the engine that is just sort of trying to do the right thing. And it's like, hey, we build this right, we do do it the right way. Like I love the story of the 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 new the new changes to like to aggregation that you know they're trying to make it scale better to to be able to have. To, to not run out of memory when you have we're aggregating a lot of a lot of things and basically in the mechanism that they were using to do that oh it has a side effect of like making you know these benchmarks much faster and making a lot of these types of queries much faster but like but that was just sort of a side effect it wasn't like hey we're trying to go crush you know these competitors uh, on these you know tpc h you know query nine is you know needs to be faster and so we need to put in some special optimization rule for for this like it was really just, hey, this is the right thing to do. They do it, and um, and like, and it has incredible um, out outcome. Yeah, and I I like this principle of doing the right thing, not the easy thing. It's like, ah, man, no external dependencies is not going to make our life easier, but it is going to make the experience better. So we might as well just get in there and do it. How much are you having students dog feed or eat the product per se, and then you are learning from them? It's just a, basically a research lab. And you got a bunch of guinea pigs going on in there. Um, I don't think we've I, I, we took us it, it, we waited a very long time till we used DuckDB in courses actually because it's nothing is more embarrassing than the professor's half baked thing that he forces on you. 
uh i've been it in tells I've, you how cool I, it is. i've been that student and it's not it's not it's not it's not it doesn't look make this make anyone look better right <laughs> um so uh so we have actually waited quite a long time now we're like okay uh, i think the in the beginning um we didn't have a ton of feedback but we did have some interactions with people in sort of the you know practitioners to to see whether we're going the right direction and um, as you mentioned there's all these all this excitement um there was a ton of excitement about DuckDB like version 0.1 that that we couldn't comprehend because it was quite half baked, right? But um, but people got excited, and and I think they got excited because yeah, because we cared. I don't know. It's 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 very mean to say we cared because everybody else also cares. But they have very 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 competing goals. Like if you're if you're in a company, you're you you care about paying your people. That's a that's an important sort of thing. We were at a research institute when we start came up with a thing where you where your like your incentives are aligned quite differently. Where you you know you're you're there to you know do the do the right thing. I don't know, but you you dare to like you have simply you have simplified like abstracted away a lot of concerns that other people usually have. So we could say, okay, this is going to take us a year longer to do like this, but it's the right thing to do. So there we go. Um, which you could never do in a st- startup, right? Your seed funding round will not. Uh, allow these kind of things uh it's uh yeah i think also like you know most database people and databases they focus on like the like the just the database part like is okay so if we once you give me the query and i compute the results and like um then my job is done and i think that but the the, the places where people have problems ends up being like, okay, what happens before then? You know, how do you, how do you install it? How do you get the query there? How do you get the data there? How do you like make it, make it easy? And then how do you get the results out? And like, um, and then, you know, DuckDB focused on, on the whole, the whole end to end experience. Whereas most other database companies, like that's somebody else's problem. And so, and so people were kind of, um, you know, not being receptive, a lot of database companies and people like tend to not be receptive to like the, like, oh, well, that must be, a, you You weren't able to install that, that must be a user error or, oh, like, you know, the, um, you couldn't, you couldn't import this CSV file. Um, that must be a user error. That's not my problem. Like, and, and I think DuckTB just, you know, focused on those problems as well, which are hard problems. I mean, to make those, to make those easy. And I think that, that also is one of the reasons why people, you know, uh, were so excited about it. And now I think the thing about it is that after we have that experience, it's like it's opened up our mind to that it's possible. And so now we hold everything else to such a higher standard. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is like, yeah, but I, but you know, the CSV things is actually an ex- excellent example because. It's we observe this, right? So you 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 you, you want to do something with data. You have a CSV file because, of course, you have a CSV file, and that so it's it's actually after installation, it's the second thing you kind of do with your with your shiny new data system, right? And if that is a horrible experience, then you are sort of scarred for life, and you would rather go home and I don't know punch the wall or something. Um, so um, so we actually wrote a research paper about CSV reading, um, that. The results of which are now part of DuckDB, and this is why we have, I think, the planet's best CSV parser at this oh, point, yeah. which is something that you would that we have like one like PhD of computer science who does nothing else uh, than work on the CSV parser because we realize it's such a incredible crit. It's it's such a critical piece. It's like if people can't get their data into your system, it doesn't matter how good your join operator is, right? It's it's absolutely irrelevant. Um, so yeah, it, it's 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 sometimes it's amazing and as jordan has said like this entire package but it's also just sometimes amazing like have actually these people ever tried to use these things themselves and it's actually something we do with we encourage our team and we do it ourselves it's just use this thing just try it you know just process some data like and see what happens and then if you run into something like hey <laughs> maybe other people run into this as well right it's 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 pretty obvious but yeah. uh then you throw a phd on it you say hey well that in turn throw that that research I insist that's your next PhD good luck <laughs> I mean no I mean we're, we're fortunate that uh, let's say that the degree density at the company is quite insane so it's like well I love this idea too because 
it in events i've heard it explained as the moments in between the moments so like when you have an event you have the big moment of the singer going out onto stage but there's a lot of moments that happen before you get to where the singer is on stage and that incredible song where your heart is jumping out of your body there's the parking there's getting through the ticket line there's waiting watching the opening act all of that are the moments before the moment right and so if you can optimize those the whole experience as a memory in your mind is going to be incredible and it feels like that's kind of how you are looking at it you're saying we're not going to just focus on how incredible these joins are because that's great and everything but what we're really going to focus on are these moments before the moments or in between the moments i guess is what you could call it and so it's cool that you also have the ability to think long term and say you know what's the biggest pain here and it's probably going to take us a year but we're going to figure out this csv headache and so we go after it yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a very good way of explaining it. I'm actually going to steal that metaphor with the concert because I like it. Um, uh, that or it's like it's. I, I mean, you can also. I think airports are also a great example for this. Yeah. Like, you know, the flying is exciting, but like the process of getting there like does impact the overall experience quite drastically. Let's say so. Uh, but are you saying you're going to be the Taylor Swift of uh, of databases? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think I'm attractive enough for that. But. Uh, no, but I, I think I think it's also like it's it's. We also talk to people, and and we we are not we are not the you know the reference. If 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 I, if I struggle with something, it's probably really bad because if you like you know a expert in data management systems struggles with something, it's not a great look. Like I have struggled immensely with all the database systems out there, which is not a great experience. But I mean, we also really lo- love to hear from people. Uh, so if you're listening. And something really makes you angry about DuckDB, we really want to hear from you, right? Because because we are not the, you know, the absolute reference and what is good or bad and what is difficult or is not difficult. In fact, we are a terrible reference. Uh, but at least we try and we really need to hear from people where they're struggling with. And yesterday, uh, two days ago, I was in Berlin at like a DuckDB Mother Duck meetup. And somebody just walked up to me and said, like, listen here's this thing that really bothers me about DuckDB. Can you do something about it? And actually this afternoon, I was, you know, working on this because it matters. It matters that this he had, this person had a valid point and there's something we can do about it. So let's do it, right? It's uh, incredible. Yeah, and that is the love for the experience. And it's yes. very clear that you understand the value in that and that uh, it's almost like now that you have it, you can't let it go to waste, right? You, you've got to keep it up. And so that is that is one of the other questions I wanted to ask around how do you go out there and gather feedback and talk to the community? It feels like the community is gigantic now and they can give you this feedback. It's almost like the opposite problem of a company or a open source project that is starting where you're just trying to get anybody to give you feedback. Now, I imagine you're trying to figure out what the biggest signals are or what the best feedback is or all of that. It's It, it seems like it's a, a bit of a difficult position to be in. It's a big data problem now, but uh, not in all seriousness. Uh... Uh, we are we we have like uh, people in charge of this. Like there's DevRel people at Dr. B Labs, is Alex and Gabor, and and they part of their job is to kind of collect these signals from the community. And obviously, sometimes it reaches me. I I can't say I read every single issue report or every single sort of post on Discord anymore. But if things come up often enough, it it does leave sort of a mark, sort of like oh yeah, now this is a common problem. They, these all these like these twenty people have all run into the same problem. Okay, interesting. Can we... Awesome. Yeah. So I think I think we're still at this point because we're still at this point where people I don't report have, have no issues to report back. Like sometimes it's difficult to kind of deal with you know yet another sort of issue report because our worldview is deeply skewed. We only see the problems, right? We never well, we don't hear about the success story so often. Really? Uh, but it is a good sort of um, channel into the into into the users and see where where it goes. And you have to, of course, you have to understand at the same time everybody every time that somebody says it didn't work, like there have been 
10 or 100 people that write on the exact same issue and haven't said anything. So it's um, it's an interesting sort of dy dynamic, I would say. And so, Jordan, getting back to Mother Duck, because thank you for your patience while I went on that gigantic tangent with Honest. But I, I do want to know, talk to us about Mother Duck and what basically you saw as, all right, this is Mother Duck. We feel like this managed service can have extra abilities and how you go about building those features and why you think those are are useful to have. Is it also going out there and talking to people, I, I imagine? Uh, is it what the users are seeing? And you had to start from somewhere, right? And you came out of stealth not too long ago. I was at the party. I can't remember that when was it June. was. And, yeah, and last June. Well, so first, you know, DuckTV has set a very high bar of, you know, like, so making making the the end-to-end, -end, you know, process work. And that's why people love DuckTV. And if we don't kind of continue that to the the service-oriented parts of, of the product, then we're going to be sort of letting letting people down and letting down their their expectations and things aren't going to work. So we have to also make sure that we have very, very great attention to detail on how do you connect, how do you um, you know, how do you visualize what are the, what are the ways that, um, that, that mother duck can, can work. And, um, and so I think we're, we're spending a lot more time, energy, uh, and, you know, and just, uh, focus on, on those parts than, than a lot of other companies might. I think the, the nice part is like, we can sort of take the, the awesome database for granted. Uh, which is which is hard and like you know you know making sure we don't get wrong answers and all those kinds of things like we we don't have to focus on those the way other you know databases or service companies companies might but I think we're also trying to innovate in sort of the delivery of of the of the database and 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 of the service like I think in uh, you know when Snowflake and BigQuery you know came out you know, they had a lot of things that they were doing differently in terms of separation of storage and compute and just sort of, you know, simplicity of, of, uh, you know, very few knobs and, and how you interact with, how you interact with them that, um, have started to become like standard, uh, you know, separation of storage and compute is sort of now like now table stakes, but it, I feel like it's been a long time since people have actually innovated in, in like, what are the things that you can only do in the cloud? And, um, and so those are kind of the kinds of questions that we're asking ourselves. And, you know, for example, one of those, the things that we're doing is, and it's sort of something that's also special with DuckTV is DuckTV is so lightweight, you know, can scale down, has no dependencies. Um, the, like the JDBC driver, which is, you know, the connector that most code uses uh, to actually talk to the database has the database code inside of it. And so, you know, in the web UI and, you know, can actually run DuckDB, can run the database inside the web UI in, uh, as, as WebAssembly and can do so like very, very fast. And so what, one of the decisions we made is that our client is always going to be DuckDB. So every time you're talking to MotherDuck, there's a DuckDB, there's a DuckDB locally. Uh, and so all the people that are building connectors to DuckDB and all the, the ways that DuckDB is being, being used, those will just work with those will just work with Mother Duck, yes. and the other kind of interesting thing that does. So if you have a full blown analytics, you know, database on your client, uh, as well as in the cloud, you know, what are the things that that become enabled by it? Because I think also when I was working on BigQuery, there was a bunch of times where we wanted to do sort of complex manipulations or interesting things client side, and we were like, and we basically just said, no, 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 don't do that because you can't like basically clients can't be trusted to do hard things. And, but now we have a real database there and the same database that we're running in the cloud. And so, um, you know, things like, you know, because hybrid execution where we basically, you can join um, local data against remote data. So if you, if you have, like, if you're running in, um, in, uh, in a Jupyter notebook and, you, uh, and you're, running, you're running Python and Pandas code, and you have a data frame, you can join that data frame against, you know, data that lives in the cloud. And we'll make that, that join optimal and we will um you know there's a bunch of kind of interesting things we can do on the security side and um and uh and then and also just sort of building building incredibly reactive like user user interfaces and visualizations where you know if you're running the database in your client 
you can basically do, you know, 60 frame per second, you know, data visualizations like video game style um, against data sets that actually are quite large and that won't fit in your browser. And like you can do some really clever things. And those are this, you know, some of the things that we're working on to just sort of take take DuckDB and and kind of supercharge it. Because I think DuckDB is not a data warehouse. It's an amazing, you know, query engine, it's amazing data management system. And I think also we are kind of adding the pieces around it from like user management and, um, you know, uh, you know, working on a team and, and um, you know, larger, larger data sets and, and durability and time travel and some of those kinds of things that people expect now out of, out of a data warehouse. Um, and, you know, and, and sort of layering that on top of the, this, this core, core data engine, while at the same time giving people the same feel because they have a local DuckDB um, that, you know, it's just like using DuckDB, but now, boom, I get access to the cloud. And this idea that you're saying, you started from saying, how can we rethink what is possible now that we have the cloud? It again goes back to basically what you were saying, Hannes, on, man, the databases have collected cobwebs over the years. And right. nobody's rethunk how we're going to make this experience better. And so, Jordan, like when you're thinking ahead in the future for Mother Duck and what is possible because we have the cloud, what are some things that get you excited? I mean, I think some of the, the you know, sort of innovating in the in the delivery, innovating in in visualization, innovating in sort of this um, this sort of tight tight coupling. Uh, where people don't have to know where data is, where people don't have to know where something gets run. You know, you can basically move, you can move data around and you can move like to the extent that like sometimes people care where the data is like, you know, you know, there are laws that say like you have to process German data in Germany and like Australian data in Australia. But for people that don't care, like they just want it to be fast. And so we can actually make sure that things are close to where the users are running, um, you know, is one is one example and you know, I think there's there's a bunch there's a bunch of other things that I think we'll we'll hopefully start to see in in Mother Duck in the uh, in the next the upcoming months. Yeah, and but just talking about that, not caring where the data is, you could still put constraints on it for saying, hey, I don't care where my data is as long as it's in Germany, right? Or yeah. as long as it's in Australia, and I don't I don't need to think about that. But I put my constraints on it in the beginning. I set it once and then forget it. Exactly. Rather than saying, okay, this needs to run in EUS4, which happens to be a data center in Berlin, um, because that just doesn't give you the flexibility of, okay, maybe there's a, there's other data centers in Germany and like, and some, some of your other data is in that other data center in, Ger in Germany. And all of a sudden you have to start paying egress fees because somebody else is using that other data center and like, uh, et cetera. Like we, we want to just make it so, you know, you set the, you set the constraints that you care about, but it, otherwise you shouldn't have to you know, you shouldn't have to take up mental energy with having to, to think about those things. So being that the majority of people here that are listening are probably dealing with machine learning and machine learning problems, DuckDB and Mother Duck obviously have thought about the way that machine learning engineers play with the data and the database. What are some things, and I'll just loft this up to either of you, what are some things that you see when it comes to machine learning and the newest buzzword of them all, AI, and uh, all that fun stuff? Even dare I say large language models or vectors <laughs> or any of those big old buzzwords. But what are the places that you're seeing machine learning engineers interact with DuckDB or Mother Duck? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip my usual rant um, and uh, go straight for we we do we do actually you know we we, we interact with people that use DuckDB in sort of machine learning pipelines and there are several things we do to make their lives better. Part of it comes from the architecture of DuckDB itself because it's in process, so it can be in a Python process, and then you're gonna run your model in the same Python process, and hey, your data is already in that process, which means we can actually very cheaply ship data back and forth from from you know any kind of models um, and then you know do things that the machine learning sort of frameworks are usually terrible at like reading data or 
I don't know, handling updates, persistence, you know, consistency, that whole stuff. So that's that's something I think where we have clear strengths that can be a great benefit to, to classical machine learning workflows. You mentioned vectors. That's also something, you know, the people are trying to... Actually, people build vector databases on top of DuckDB, which, is, which we love. Um, and we've recently added a new type to DuckDB, a data type called a fixed size list data type, because it turns out these vectors always have the same length. And if they have the same length, it means we don't have to store the length for any every individual vector, which means we can store it more efficiently. Absolutely. But that's the kind of the level we think about is like, what can we do from a basic, basic infrastructure perspective to integrate, to sort of be more useful to that community? That's That's kind of our take on it. We don't, you know, we don't have to integrate a large language model ourselves. I don't think we want to, um, but we can. We can be a building block for uh, for for machine learning uh, sort of communities. So that's that's my take on it. I people in in machine learning want to uh, integrate, interact more more closely with their data, and um, you know I think we've seen things like you know BQML and like and and other attempts to sort of like. Uh, operate over, you know, do do machine learning on data that's that's stored in your in your data management system. And I think a lot of people use like uh, data lakes and sort of lake lake houses to uh, to be able to do that. But I think there's an advantage to um, to something like DuckDB or to DuckDB, which you know, in the fact that it is it is scale up. Since a lot of these machine learning algorithms scale up better than they scale out, uh, you know, they can be very hard to sort of split across you know, multiple, multiple machines. And so having a, uh, having a, having a local, uh, scale up database is, is very, is very useful. And I guess the other thing is kind of the, the lingua franca of, of AI and ML is, is, is Python. And, you know, DuckDB has extremely good Python integration and some, you know, special things that, you know, you can do in Python with the DuckDB relational, you know, relational API that, that can sort of turn into, either pandas uh, operations or spark operations um, they kind of make it easier to work with to work with your data that's stored that's stored in a database and they finally I'll add that you know mother Doug, we are adding some you know LLM features text to SQL text to SQL oh. stuff like people are changing you know data data analysts are changing how they're how they're interacting with data with you know the advent of LLMs and so I think we would be remiss if we weren't at least sort of investing investing in that area. Um, we're also working on a um, a joint DuckDB uh, specific LLM you know tuned fine tuned LLM uh, with a company called Number Station AI. Oh, I was um, nice. We're gonna, we're gonna you know op open source uh, at least at least one one version of that we've been we've been. Hard, hard working on, and so we do want to also make sure that we're giving back to uh, to the community. Incredible, yeah. Diego, who is I think the head of product there, has been in the community for ages since the beginning, and also Inez has come on here a bunch. And I love Number Station, love what they're doing, and I'm very happy to hear that you are creating your own text to SQL model. That was one of the questions I was going to ask. I was like, oh, are you using the open source Number Station? Are you going to be what is it? The uh, I can't remember Q SQL or some I can't remember what their open source uh, foundational model is called, but it's very nice to see that. And fellas, this has been awesome, and I'm so happy that you did this. What do you think? Did the mushrooms work? Was I asking good questions? <laughs> <laughs> Those are great questions. You had great questions. Thanks for having us. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. Hey everyone, my name is Aparna, founder of Arise, and the best way to stay up to date with MLOps is by subscribing to this podcast.